folklore, the beliefs, traditions and culture of the people. Passed on in the most part through the spoken word, folklore expresses our values, our shared ideas with others. It is both how we were and how we are. Without a record, our customs and traditions may become lost to us in the present, but under the surface, we still draw on them. We still know. It's time to recall our forgotten history and to record the new. This is the Folklore Podcast. Welcome to show six of the Folklore Podcast. I'm Mark Norman, a folklore researcher and author based in the southwest of the UK. As we move into October, the seasons around us change and the wheel of the year slowly turns into autumn. This month, we are reflecting this seasonal change in our shows. Our special guest in the next show will be looking towards Halloween, but for now, I'm going to take a little diversion from our normal broad themes and concentrate on something altogether smaller. As I record this podcast, and as you're listening if you're a subscriber and pick the show up quickly, we've just passed the autumn equinox, a time when the earth is said to be in balance, reflected in the equal lengths of days and nights. In recent times, this important festival in the year has begun to be known as Mabon, named after the Welsh mythological god who was the son of the Earth Mother Goddess. This is an interesting change, as there is little evidence that Mabon was ever celebrated in Celtic areas, and in fact, the name only really begins to appear in the 1970s, when paganism began to be rebuilt and modernised. Across cultures and religions, this is a time of celebration for the harvest which is being reaped, we see this in harvest festivals in Christian churches, in the fields, through calendar customs such as crying the neck, and in many other places. In particular, this time of year celebrates the fruit harvest. For this reason, one of the important folkloric symbols of this time is the apple. And so, in this edition of the Folklore Podcast, we move away from the wide themes of mystery animals or ghosts and look at a single piece of fruit and its representation in folklore, the apple. The humble apple appears in many religious traditions over the centuries, often as some form of mystical or forbidden fruit. However, it is very difficult to identify whether in many cases in myth and folklore we should be thinking of this type of apple, or of some other fruit. This is because as late as the 17th century, the word apple was used as a generic term for all foreign fruit, except for berries. This, even more awkwardly, included nuts, 
tomatoes were called love apples when they were introduced into Europe. In one Old English work, cucumbers are called earth apples, and in French, Hebrew, Dutch, Persian and Swiss German, the words for potatoes also mean earth apples. In some languages, oranges are called golden or Chinese apples. This can all make things very tricky when trying to track down the folklore of the apple. But let's give it a go. Some scholars say that the mythological apple is a symbolic substitution for the fly agaric mushroom and its association with knowledge, such as in the tree of knowledge, and that it's an allusion to the mental states that are described by some shamans and users of psychedelic mushrooms. The apple has also been used as a symbol at various times by artists. In secular art, it is the symbol of love, which is why Venus is shown holding it. If tomatoes were called love apples, then why isn't she holding one of those? I guess it wouldn't look quite the same. In the Bible, of course, the apple is best known from the book of Genesis. Didn't Adam and Eve pick an apple from the tree against God's instructions? Well, maybe, but maybe not. Theology professor Francesca Stavrakopoulou from the University of Exeter tells me that there are no mentions of apples in the Bible, despite what people think. The forbidden fruit in Genesis is not actually identified, but it's popular Christian tradition that it was an apple. This may have been the result of Renaissance painters adding elements of Greek mythology into biblical scenes. The Greek hero Heracles, more commonly known as Hercules from the Roman, was required as part of his twelve labours to travel to the Garden of the Hesperides and pick the golden apples from the Tree of Life. In Latin, the words for apple and evil are nearly identical. The larynx has been called Adam's apple because of the folktale that the bulge was caused by the forbidden fruit sticking in Adam's throat. The phrase, apple of your eye, is generally held to come from the Bible, where it appears a few times in modern translations, such as in the book of Psalms. However, this is a mistranslation from the Hebrew, which should more accurately be, make me the middle of your eye, or literally, the pupil. In Celtic mythology, the story of Connell tells how he received an apple which fed him for a year, but also gave him an irresistible desire for fairyland. These apples may or may not be available in your local supermarket. Many places in the UK now host an Apple Weekend, or Apple Day, to recognise the importance of this fruit. The actual date for Apple Day is October the 21st, shared with the other important event, my birthday, and it was created in 1990 by the Common Ground charity as part of their drive to support localism. In the UK, we are not the only country to celebrate this fruit, however. On August the 19th, Saviour of the Apple Feast Day is celebrated in both Russia and the Ukraine. If we look to folklore and folk tales, we can find many examples of an apple nature. Some are relatively well known, such as the poisoned apple in the tale of Snow White, or the story of William Tell shooting the apple from the head of his son. And of course, the discovery of the theory of gravity by Sir Isaac Newton having an apple fall on his head is told in every school. 
There was for some time debate as to whether this actually happened or was apocryphal. But in 2010, a manuscript from the Royal Society was made public which answered the question. Written by one of Newton's first biographers, it confirmed that the basics of the story were true, although Newton actually observed an apple fall rather than it hitting him on the head. There are much more obscure and unusual mentions of apples in the folklore of various countries, though. Boat builders, for example, hold that it is unlucky to build a boat out of apple tree wood, because this was traditionally used to make coffins. In Danish folklore, it is said that apples wither around adulterers. In Arthurian legend, the king is sent to Avalon to recover from his wounds after a battle with Mordred. Avalon translates as Isle of Apples, the etymology probably coming from the Welsh for apple or apple tree. In Irish folklore, it is said that if an apple is peeled into one continuous ribbon and thrown behind a woman's shoulder, then it will land in the shape of the future husband's initials. This is one of several connections between the apple and love. The crab apple was known as the tree of love to the ancient Celts. Most beliefs stemming from crab apples are to do with love and marriage partners. It is said that you should throw the pips of a crab apple into a fire while saying the name of your true love. If the pips explode, then the love is indeed true. Presumably, if they explode and hit the love in the eye, they do not stay true for too long. If a crabapple tree grew near to or overhung a well whilst blossoming out of season, then there would be more births and marriages than deaths in a community. Apple bobbing is, of course, a well-known game, which tends to these days be connected to Halloween. It has its true origins, however, in Roman times, as it was the Romans who introduced the apple tree to Britain. To the Romans, the apple tree was a representation of the fertility goddess Pomona, and it was a combination of this and the fact that the centre of an apple appears to form a pentagram when it is cut through widthways that led to the origination of the apple-bobbing tradition. The Celts believed that the pentagram was a fertility symbol and could be used to determine marriage. Hence, unmarried people would bob for apples floating in a barrel. The first to bite the apple would be the first to marry in the following year. Girls who put the apple that they bobbed under their pillow were said to dream of their future lover. The tradition has continued to the present day, and in some places has developed so that apples are hanging on strings rather than in water. This is due to the famous tradition of health and safety, where it's deemed to be a bad idea to stick your entire head in a bucket of water. There are other very varied uses for apples. Polished apples have been considered as a suitable gift for teachers in the US, Denmark and Sweden since the 19th century. There is also a popular folk art where apples are turned into wrinkly representations of human heads to place on dolls. Indeed, Vincent Price promoted a horror-themed kit to create shrunken heads in the same way in the 1970s. Now, we turn our attention to the trees on which our apples are grown and examine the apple orchard in folklore. In the Neolithic and Bronze Age, paradises were called orchards. 
Paradise is a Persian word which means a stand of trees. It was traditional to awaken the cider trees in the winter, to scare away evil spirits and encourage fertility and a good crop in the year ahead. This ceremony is called wassailing, and the word wassail probably comes from the Anglo-Saxon toast meaning be thou hail. There are in fact two distinct types of wassailing. One is the apple wassail, the other is the house visiting wassail. Wassailing here is about passing on good wishes to family and friends in the winter time, and this developed into what we now recognise as caroling. The first recorded mention of the apple wassail was at Fordwich in Kent in 1585, where groups of young men would go between orchards performing the rite for a reward. This was sometimes referred to as howling, and this name suggests that, like many wassails, this was a noisy affair. It is common in wassails for people to sing, shout and bang pots and pans and drums to scare away the evil spirits. The apple wassail traditionally took place on Twelfth Night, when men would take a wassail bowl into the orchard and around the trees. Slices of bread and toast would be laid at the roots or tied around the branches. Cider would also be poured over the tree roots. The most famous ceremonies in the southwest of the UK, where I live, are probably at Wimple in Devon and Carhampton in Somerset. Each ceremony has its own local or traditional variations, but they're essentially similar and contain established verses such as Wassail the trees that they may bear you many a plum and many a pear, for more or less fruits they will bring as you do give them wassailing. Earlier in the year, I visited Rillerton in Cornwall, where I was able to film and record their annual wassail celebrations. Rillerton is an interesting place. It's a tiny hamlet, but has more than its share of folklore and legend. There is a well-known black dog apparition recorded, which passes on the road through the village on a very long route. A nearby Bronze Age burial mound, Rillerton Barrow, was excavated in 1837 where, among the normal grave goods and human remains, a wonderful 90mm biconical vessel, now known as the Rillerton Gold Cup, was discovered. The wassail at Rillerton follows a standard pattern. Various orchards are visited in the village, where pieces of toast are placed in the trees, blessings are spoken, and a local variant of the wassail song is sung. Have a listen to some audio recorded at this year's celebrations.
goes to the tree and to the land with a thanks for all those that have gone before and for the apples that they have produced for us. So we'll pass the wassail bowl and everybody will take a drink, including Ronnie. And if he's not around, he can have some on his head. Because so, <laughs> he's only little. So wassail to you all. And we'll start and we'll sing the Kit Hill wassail on the first page. So Matt, would you want to take our bowl yeah. round? of life cycle. We've been drinking, drink, we're drinking from the wassail bowl to ensure health and happiness for us all and for our community. We give to the tree the toast as a thank you. We give to the tree a toast to ensure a good harvest for the coming year. We give to the tree the wassail bowl as a thank you. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. By light of star and light of moon, the night of twelve is coming soon. We shall to the orchard go, Mother Mary told us so. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. With drums and guns we sing and shout to drive the king of winter out. Frighten every spirit dark and wash away the devil's mark. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. Then we shall make a sign of three to consecrate the apple tree. Cider in the flowing bowl will free the spirit, warm the soul. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. Then our wassail will light the flame and light the spirit rise again. From root and seed to bottom to limb, raise the sap and bless the wood. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail. 
For if the tree takes back his power, he'll bear the moss and bear the flower. Rich will every branch appear without those for the coming year. Wassail, wassail, then let us sing wassail, 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 then let us sing wassail. I've produced a short film of the Rillerton wassail showing how the ceremony is constructed and played out. For patrons of the Folklore Podcast who are at the $5 a month level or above, this will be a member-only show for October and will appear on our Patreon page during the month. If you want to join to support us and see this film, and listen to our future member-only shows, listen for details at the end of this podcast. Returning to the apple orchards. Children in some places were warned that a bogeyman protected orchards and unripe fruit. In Yorkshire, this was said to be Ord Goggle. In Somerset, the character was called Lazy Lawrence. In the same way that smugglers invented ghost stories on coastlines and beaches to keep people away from their illicit activities, these characters were probably created as a protection from scrumping. Finally, some brief consideration to health. An apple a day keeps the doctor away, so the saying goes. Is there any evidence to support this? Here are a few ways that you could use apples. Some are quite well-established medical facts. Others are a little more from the old wives' tale category. You can decide for yourselves which are which. Firstly, acids in the apple neutralise the acid products of gout, an indigestion. Secondly, ripe, juicy apples eaten at bedtime every night can cure some of the worst forms of constipation. Thirdly, in an old Lincolnshire remedy for sore eyes, rotten apples are used as a poultice. Fourth, rotten apples can also be threaded onto chill-blained toes to cool them and relieve the burning and itching. Fifth, an apple was put into a room as a remedy for smallpox. As it went mouldy, the smallpox was believed to be transferred from the person to the apple. And lastly, apples were rubbed onto warts and then buried. As the apple rotted away, the wart was said to disappear. So, there are many reasons why an apple a day would keep the doctor away. But if they really do, why do Daleks still use guns? In the next edition of the Folklore Podcast, released on October the 15th, we will be celebrating the fact that we're approaching Halloween. I will be joined by a very special guest who will be talking on the subject of Halloween customs and celebrations, and there will be some unique supplementary material to support that edition. If you're curious and would like to know who this guest is and get early warning of future guests and themes, as well as other exclusive news, then please subscribe to our free monthly newsletter. Simply visit our website at www thefolklorepodcast.com and click on contact. Fill in the form and a monthly newsletter will be in your email every few weeks. This edition of the Folklore Podcast has been generously supported by some of you, our listeners. The basic Folklore Podcast shows will always be free to listen to and subscribe to, but we want to bring you much more folklore and for that we need help because making all this stuff costs money. You don't have to support us financially, of course, 
you can just listen to our free content. But we will reward those of you that are able to help a little. You can sign for rewards on our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash thefolklorepodcast. There are four tiers of support, and the smallest one, just $1 a month, will earn you all of our e-magazine supplements right into your email. That's two a month, for which you'd normally pay around $2.50 on our website. A big saving straight off. Any level of support from $5 a month upwards will also get you access to a monthly extra show, exclusively for patrons. This month, as I said earlier, this will be in the form of a film. If you don't want rewards, but you'd like to give us a little support, then please visit our website at www.thefolklorepodcast.com where you'll find a donate button. You can also visit our episodes page to buy the e-magazine for the show with lots of extra content, suggested reading and illustrations. Finally, you can of course support us without giving any money if you'd like to. The biggest help is to leave positive reviews or ratings on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This will keep the show visible and help us to grow. Also, please share the show and our links on your social media pages and groups to help grow our audience. And do use the contact page on our website to get in touch. Send us your stories and your comments. We love to read your emails and write back. Thank you for listening. See you next time. (laughs) 